Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mountain Province Diamonds, Inc. first quarter 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all lines are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, May 13th, 2021. I would now like to turn the conference over to Stuart Brown, President and CEO. Please go ahead. Thank you very much, um, and good day to everyone, and thank you for those that have dialed in uh, to the call today. Before I carry on, just a reminder of everyone on the forward-looking statement information. You take note of that at your convenience. Um, and then just to probably follow the usual format with Perry and I covering uh, the first part of the presentation, and then we'll have Reed talk to us about the market, which, pleasingly to say, is doing very well. Um, as a general comment, uh, you know, taking off from our last call, you know, tough 2020, uh, where we had a big impact on sales production, obviously that translates into a cash impact. Um, we've, we've moved into 2021, uh, where the, the sales markets have reopened. Uh, we're doing very well on sales uh, when we have diamonds. Uh, prices have all come back, and I think you'll hear a lot more on the price in the market from Reed, so I won't repeat anything he's about to say. But what we obviously had is a very difficult um, 21 first quarter from the COVID issues with the mine closing, and that's the theme throughout the announcement. So everything's related to that. I think we've, we can deal with a lot of the COVID, and I will touch on what's happened on site. But I think we are in a situation now where, where mine production is going very well um, in terms of the tonnage through the plant and the carrots are starting to flow, and we've got a plan to catch up the deficit as best we can by the year end, and I'll, I'll expand more on that later. Um, before I hand over to uh, Perry, I'd like to touch on the market and, and looking through the market headlines over the last three days, I was particularly struck by how positive they were, and there's just five I will touch on briefly, just so that we can have some evidence of confidence and back that confidence up by sort of third-party data, as it were. First article I was looking at was U.S. sales for April have tripled. I think as we're seeing the general economic activity of the world, you know, restart as everyone emerges from the crisis and, and recognizing some people are still going through the crisis at different levels. But the big markets for diamonds in the U.S. and China are very strong at the moment. We've seen Israel um, just announced that they've had, you know, exports soar over the last quarter manufacturing equipment of diamond manufacturing equipment sales are taking off. The U.S. diamond trade itself, um, so the rough imports have reached a 22-month high, highest import level since May 2019. That also augurs well for our industry. Hong Kong, which has obviously gone through some difficulties, imports have risen 47% year-on-year from 2020. We're still to get to the 2019 levels there, but it's a really good sign that they, they're picking up on the rough, I mean, on the polished imports. Um, so when I take all of that into context, 
and I put it into what we're doing with our sales and what we expect on price and how we see the rest of the year flowing with cash, a lot more confidence that has been building since you know late last year. Anyway, we'll touch more on these points later. And without further ado, if I could hand over, uh, sorry, before I do that, I just noticed I've got to talk on the, the COVID issue. So on the safety front on the mine, we've obviously spent 2020 you know, doing very well, but we obviously had a failure in 2021 where we had one positive case that rapidly became two, and that classes as an outbreak, and then we had to close the mine. Um, and this was all in conjunction with working with the, the health uh, people in the Northwest Territories, and I think it was the right thing to do. We had no choice. Obviously, the impact on production was severe with a 22-day shutdown, but we've managed to restart. The the effects of the of moving people off and moving people back on is that we've revised all the protocols. Um, we went looking at what we could improve, and pleasingly, a lot of things have you know have changed, but it's still we need the people that we have working for us to get back to site, and we're nearly back to full steam. We also launched our you know, vaccination program in conjunction with the government, and at, at this stage, we've got 83% of the workforce has received at least their first dose. Uh, many people have received two doses, um, and as the ships change, we'll catch up with that. We've got another session coming towards the end of the month, and some people are having their vaccinations while they're off-site and, and having vaccinations on-site. So I think we're making good progress there. We're now back up on our feet and at full production levels through the plant, as I said earlier. So I think um, we hope to maintain this for the rest of the year. And that's why we've finally been able to put a plan together with the Bears on guidance. Again, we'll touch on that um, uh, a few slides on. So now I can hand over to Perry to discuss the first quarter production and the financials. Thank you. Thanks, Stuart. Good morning, everyone. Um, uh, I'll just mention that uh, all production stats I'm going to refer to are on a 100% basis, unless uh, otherwise noted, and uh, financial figures I quote will be in Canadian dollars uh, unless, unless otherwise noted. Uh, we have changed the format a bit of our uh, presentation, so uh, if slide five gives us production stats, the same same information you'll see in our MDNA. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. So we could just move forward to slide six, which uh, basically shows the same information um, over the trailing five quarters. So just to give you a view of how we performed in the quarter uh, relative to uh, all the quarters last year, most of which you know were also under COVID conditions. So uh, you know. Obviously, the big event for the quarter, unfortunately for us, was uh, the 22-day shutdown. Just looking at our looking at it from a production standpoint, I mean, uh, we we had a 22-day stand down where you know we had no uh, mining or processing operations. If you look at our total ore and waste uh, tons moved, we were actually down about 40% and versus plan about 45%, uh, given we moved uh, 5.6 million tons. So you know, 22 days out of a 91-day quarter is, is roughly, a, you know, a quarter of the quarter. Uh, but our actual production was, uh, uh, in terms of uh, tonnage move, was uh, more effective than that. So 
in terms of giving you some color for that. The main reasons were, you know, reduced workforce availability uh, prior to, um, you know, break being formally declared. We had a number of people in contact tracing and self-isolation. Uh, that started to reduce production. And then just on the start, um, you know, it did take time to, to reassemble our staff and get up to, you know, closer to full crew complement. Uh, we also had a difficult restart uh, in terms of the mobile equipment. Uh, March uh, proved to be exceptionally cold, uh, so we had a number of uh, mechanical breakdowns uh, upon and reduced um, equipment availability. Uh, so that's why, if you look at, uh, I guess, uh, more waste tons mined versus uh, tons treated, tons treated uh, process plant was actually less affected. Uh, we processed uh, 626,000 tons, uh, which was only about a a 15% uh, drop off from uh, Q4 and, uh, and about 20 to 25% uh, versus the other quarters in 2020. So, uh, so I'd say, you know, uh, mine production was more affected, processing plant production was less affected. And on a positive note, you know, we did uh, process a relatively high grade of 2.22 uh, carats per ton. So uh, carats recovered were even less affected uh, th than the other metrics. Um, so moving ahead uh, from production uh, to our financial highlights, uh, you see on slide seven, just again gives the high level summary. Um, so in terms of um, revenue, uh, we recorded uh, $54 million Canadian dollars in revenue from the sale of 73,000 carats at uh, $71 a carat. Uh, this is slightly lower than the 659,000 carats sold in the same period in 2020, $75 a carat. Obviously, the production impact in February uh, didn't have uh, any impact on our Q1 sales. Um, that production was sourced from, you know, fourth quarter 2020 and very early uh, 2021. Um, so in terms of, you know, financial metrics, our adjusted EBITDA was uh, $19 million, um, fairly similar to the same period last year. Um, our adjusted EBITDA margin was 35%, and we did re report positive net income of $7.3 million. Uh, approximately $5 million of which uh, was a result of uh, foreign ex unrealized foreign exchange gains uh, on the uh, strengthening Canadian dollar. Uh, I, did, I did want to touch on the Canadian dollar a little bit. Um, during the quarter, there was a, a bit of a strengthening from kind of the 127 range to the 126 range. Uh, just since then, um, you know, in the five weeks since, We've seen a significant strengthening of the Canadian dollar uh, all the way down to the 121 level, uh, so a, a further five cent strengthening. Uh, just just want to note that uh, you know this is a bit of a headwind for us, so uh, we do uh, you know obviously keep a close eye on the Canadian dollar since uh, you know most of our uh, oh, nearly all of our operating costs are Canadian dominated. Um, Flipping ahead uh, to slide eight, uh, just touching on our liquidity, um, we ended the quarter with uh, roughly $14 million cash uh, versus, uh, which 
obviously reflects uh, the two sales that we conducted and as well uh, we, we had a further sale in April that uh, went well um, and you obviously saw we did announce today uh, an additional uh, 33 million dollar term loan facility uh, as an extension of the existing uh, Doombridge uh, uh, first lien uh, facility have it standing so so that will provide it provide us the additional liquidity uh, we need, uh, given that uh, we've canceled our May um, diamond sale in Antwerp, uh, given the February shutdown. So uh, we expect to um, draw down the $33 million, um, from the term loan during the second quarter and repay a portion of that uh, you know, fairly, fairly immediately in the third quarter um, following our June sale. Um, and then, uh, you know, we expect to repay the remainder uh, over the course of um, 2021. Um, I'll touch a little bit on um, our production costs during the quarter. Um, our reported uh, cash costs uh, per ton treated, uh, including capitalized drifting, was uh, $139 per carat. Obviously, that was impacted. Um, by the COVID shutdown, uh, obviously uh, fewer tons put through the plant, um, and you know we did have uh, some elevated costs uh, as well uh, from the fourth quarter that kind of flowed through. Um, but obviously, on a per carat basis, uh, the increase was a little bit less uh, given uh, given a higher level of uh, grade during the quarter. Um, so I think with that. Uh, I'll turn the presentation uh, back to Stuart uh, to discuss uh, our forward-looking guidance. Thanks, Perry. So if we put the guidance into context, and you know, the reason for not issuing guidance has obviously been the COVID issues we've been dealing with. I'm on slide 10 at the moment. Um, and it's been really difficult to get a steady workforce with um, all the protocols we have in place and you know, the, the certainty of who will arrive and who will not arrive. Our focus has been, can we keep the ore going through the plant? That has been really the core change in what you've had to change in the stripping to make sure we can expose enough ore. I think between the whole of last year, we've been dealing with this for about a year now and into 2021, we've managed to achieve that. So pleasingly, we will lower on probably mine, total mine tons um, for the year, probably pretty similar to last year. Um, where I'm more confident is on the mine that we have exposed enough ore that we should be treating about or recovering about 3.3 to 3.5 million tons of ore, and that goes on combined with our stockpile balance. We'll be able to manage the stockpile, and we expect to treat between 3.1 uh, to 3.3 million tons. Uh, and I'll touch on the, the grade in, in a minute on that. Just on the bottom there, our carrot guidance is actually 6.3 to 6.5 million carats. Hopefully somewhere in the middle of that towards the upper end, not the, the six that it says there. Um, we should have picked that up earlier. What we've faced with this deficit, obviously we lost quite a lot of carrots and then we immediately looked at how could we get them back? And how hard can we run the plant? How much ore can we push through the plant? And we've done all of the work and our best option right now looking at the way the market's performing and the demand for sort of diamonds is 
But come the end of May, we're going to be transitioning the plant back from the 0.8 millimeter cutoff to 1.1 millimeter cutoff. This will allow us to increase the tonnage throughput through the plant. We will discard the very, very fine diamonds that we get, the very low value, um, obviously beneficial if you can recover them, but we can't treat the volume of ore to make up that deficit. So we'll get pretty close to what we recovered last year, um, you know, close to 6.5 million carats if we can achieve that. Um, but these will be what I would call more valuable carrots because we're getting more of the higher value carrots coming through. So that's taken us the last sort of three months to work on all of these scenarios. We had about nine scenarios. Um, we've got flexibility to change the plant back from 1.1 millimeter cutoff at any stage should we see any other changes and um, things like that. But at the moment, um, comfortable where we are here. Um, I'll hand back to Perry just to discuss through the cost and how that's going to impact us. Sure, sounds good, Stuart. Um, so just, just on slide 11, in terms of the cost guidance, uh, we are guiding uh, production costs per ton created in the $125 to $135 uh, dollar per ton uh, Canadian range. So if you look back uh, 2019 and 2020, we came in both years at $103 per ton. So this represents about a 30% increase. Uh, I would caution, you know, 2019, um, in terms, you know, we, we put in, we put through a lot of tons through the plant, uh, 3.6 million tons. 2020, uh, you know, in terms of overall tonnage, we came in at 3.25, which is, you know, where we hope to get this year. In 2020, we were able to, you know, as Stuart mentioned earlier, we were able to take ev evasive actions and defer many of the costs as possible uh, into 2021 and future years. Obviously, you know, those, you can't defer costs forever. And so, you know, we are picking up some of those costs deferred from last year. And as well, uh, we qualified for the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy last year, and that uh, provides significant benefits. Um, over $15 million Canadian on a 100% basis. So that had, um, you know, roughly a, at least a $5 per ton impact as well, the benefit of which uh, we don't believe we will receive in 2021. Uh, so that's just in terms of baseline. We do recognize that, uh, you know, we still have, uh, you know, beyond that significantly elevated cost uh, forecast for this year. I, to try to break it down, I'd say roughly half of those higher costs are attributable to the February shutdown. Uh, other than other than saving a little bit uh, in terms of not running the fleet, in terms of diesel fuel, we pretty much still incurred our full cost for February, even though we had no production. So we still needed over 100 people at the mine uh, to keep it running, uh, receive the winter road uh, supplies. We had incurred significant costs, uh, putting people uh, uh, into isolation uh, to get, deal with COVID issue uh, and other direct costs um, relating to the COVID outbreak. So that's what happened. I'd say the other half you can attribute it to a mix of factors, including higher uh, diesel prices um, from this year's winter road supply compared to last year. Um, you know, part of that uh, effect is you know, due to the exchange rate, you know, um, but these are being, you know, predominantly a U.S. dollar denominated input. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we won't receive the wage subsidy this year. 
Um, and then, you know, a uh, slight decrease in uh, anticipated tonnage. So all those things combined, uh, you know, translate to about a, a, 30, a $30 per ton uh, increase. In terms of the per carat side, uh, a little bit less affected again because of higher uh, forecasted grades for 2021 versus 2020. And just in terms of sustaining CapEx, it's going to, coming in, we forecast at $21 million Canadian. Again, working hard with the beers to focus on the essentials, on uh, what we need for the mine. Um, so this number is probably, uh, we've shaved down uh, a few million off of. Uh, uh, what it was uh, originally. So um, that's it for cost guidance. And I think uh, I'll turn it over to Reed Mackey uh, on the uh, diamond market. Thank you, Perry. Um, the first quarter uh, saw a continued recovery to our price growth that uh, commenced in H2 of last year. On a total average dollar per carat basis, including effects of mix, uh, this has recovered to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, on a like-for-like -like basis, though, our rough diamond price book has now surpassed the levels seen before the pandemic. Um, moving on to slide 13, um, consistent with what's been reported in the diamond market, our price performance is particularly strong in the larger and better quality goods, though price growth for our smaller goods are expected to follow suit during H2. Uh, demand at our rough tenders continue to be robust. We've seen continued interest across all product segments with our top customers continuing to perform well and a number of new companies winning their first mountain goods. We're looking forward to a continuation of this trend at our next upcoming sale in early June. On a more macro industry level, we are seeing that demand and supply are now more imbalanced and in some segments, demand is outstripping supply. We saw this supported during the first quarter as major rough producers like El Rosa report considerable drawdowns to the pandemic-driven stockpiles. Um, down, further downstream, polished prices have continued to increase, and long-term demand for diamond jewelry is expected to exceed supply, as was touched on by Stuart early on in the presentation. Um, we're confident that demand and prices for rough diamonds will remain positive through 2021. And with that, I'll hand it back over to Stuart. Thanks, Reid, and thank you, Perry. So just briefly in conclusion, the first two points on slide 14, obviously for us now, the focus we've just taken on the short-term loan to bridge our liquidity gap was it because of COVID. We've still got COVID issues that we deal with, and we've got more policies and procedures than we know what to do with to deal with that. So we're very vigilant about that. The vaccination program is certainly helping and giving us more confidence that we, we know what to do and we can maintain production. We've got to achieve the cash flow for 2021. The problem with losing production over a three-week period, it does take us the rest of the year to make, make that production up, hence the spread of that cash flow and repayment of the debt. So we're confident we can achieve that based on all of the diamond pricing information that Reed just shared with you and I was speaking about earlier. So we maintain production, we'll get the diamonds, we will sell them, and we think prices will increase as demand increases. Um, that then leaves us with how do we optimize the life of mine plan because we've got the short-term debt to deal with as well as everyone keeps asking me what are we doing about the long-term debt and for that we've got two issues to deal with. One is can we optimize the current mine plan and pleasingly we're doing that. We've got um, the, for the first time later this year we'll be incorporating the Wilson Kimberlite into the mine which we didn't previously have 
So we've got some work to do on that, and that should have a, a good positive effect um, after the negative news that we delivered last quarter on Tuzo. We're also expecting to see you know, prices for Tuzo goods increase, but that does remain a future prediction, so we've got to optimize that. And then turning to the Kennedy assets, we're in the phase of completing some desktop work. We're hard at work getting ready to do what we would call our pre-planning for all the permitting work that we would need to put in place. Um, it's a, a long, arduous process to go through, so we don't want that to slip at all. Um, and at some stage, we will be ready to deliver a view on the Kennedy assets, but you know, we've still got quite a lot of work to complete on those. So that's the work that's keeping us busy in the long term. The short term is getting the mine back up and running uh, at full speed and trying to push as many tons as we can through the, the plant. And pleasingly, we have access to the ore that we can do that. So with, with that, I'll conclude and we'll take some questions briefly if we have any. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Again, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star one on your touchtone phone. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Your first question comes from Paul Zimke. Paul, please go ahead. Hi, um, Reed, I guess I have one for you. Could you provide maybe some more color on the new customers that you're seeing participating in the tenders? I mean, do you think this is more temporary while there's shortages in the market, or do you think these are going to be um, more consistent uh, buyers going forward? Uh, yeah, no, it's not a short-term thing. There is definitely, we are seeing some um, some players that are closer down to the retail interface uh coming back up the pipeline to try to access polish as there are gaps developing uh in the in the in the retail markets or close in the in the BTC markets in the polished uh, polished market um but uh the new customers um are are mainly people that are at the, are, uh companies that are taking positions more for the medium to long term um uh, trying to trying to satisfy origin based project uh origin based um uh, promotional um, um, projects that they have in place, and we're seeing a growing amount of interest in um, origin-based marketing. So uh, these are these are companies that have seen uh, 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 been following Mountain Province, uh, understanding the product, uh, the unique attributes of the product, and have decided to take a, a, a position for more of the long term. So, and and since the market has reopened in H2. Um, they've slowly but surely been making their way through the product profile and finding the goods that fit their needs. And we're now starting to see them compete in a more meaningful way uh, in 2021. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and uh, Stuart, maybe one on the, on the cutoff. Um, I think it was in early 2019 um, that, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, raising the cutoff to, uh, you know, one and a quarter from one millimeter. Now you're talking about raising it um, to 1.1 from 0.8. Uh, 
Did it ever reach that 1.25 and then you brought it back down and now you're raising it back up or could you maybe provide any more um, detail on that? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Paul. So yeah, in 2019, you're quite correct, we did look at it late 2018. We started thinking about it and in, introduced it during 2020, 2019. But just always was 0.8, uh, Paul. And we moved it to 1.1 in 2019, which is when we hit that record with the tonnage. That's that's why we could do 3.6 million tons. Uh, so we got the blending right, we got the cutoff right, and that worked. We then sort of started blending and smoothing the ore because we couldn't sustainably mine 3.6 million tons for 2020 and 21. We would have run out of ore um, very early on in 2021. So we've dropped the, the tonnage profile um, and in doing that, we were able to put the 0.8 millimeter screens back because there's no point in discarding diamonds if you can't push the tonnage through. So that was why we've gone back to the 0.8 and we've re-looked at it now as one of the options. So if we, could, if we were to keep the plant at 0.8 right now, we wouldn't be able to get close to 3.25 million tons for the year. Um, so we'd be somewhat close to the three. So by putting the screens back now in, in the short term, um, I stress we're not necessarily going to do this for you know for the rest of the mine life. Uh, we'll be able to push the tonnage up again. So it's a short-term intervention. It does have immediate impact, um, and it's it's positive on the revenue side, on the average value side. So just clear, we were at 0.8, we went to 1.1, we reverted back to 0.8 through a combination of changes throughout 2020. Um, and then in 21, we're going to be going back from 1.1 to from 0.8 to 1.1 uh, millimeters. Okay, that makes sense. Understood. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks, ladies Paul. and gentlemen. As a reminder, should you have a question, please press star one on your touchtone phone. I got some questions coming on the webcast. Um, Perry, there's one coming on from how much is the capital I'm stripping this year in dollar terms? Uh, in dollar terms, I, uh, I'll have to confirm that number, Stuart, but I believe uh, I have to take that offline. But I believe it's uh, in the order of uh, 60 to $70 million uh, for, for our share. Yeah, sounds about right. It's only about $120 million in total. That's the figure I remember. I've got a call, a question from Paul Bonham. All goes well with Kennedy. How long do you estimate before the production stage? Paul, in general, if you're still on listening, um, the permitting process takes, everything goes well, around five years. Um, so obviously we'd look to try and improve that where we can, but working on that, we'd be looking at around 2026. I've uh, got another question on the grade decrease with the bottom of the screen. That's quite easy. We're, we're currently running at about average grade for this year, budgeted 2.1. Um, we've run the last quarter, as you've seen, at 2.2. We've been in a very high grade area, which has been really helpful in catching up. We estimate that the grade for the year will probably be around about two carats per ton. So we'll go from 2.1 down to um, two to answer that question from Brooke. I've got no more written questions coming through. So if there's no other questions. There are no further questions uh, on the phone line. Thanks very much.
Well, thank you very much for those who've dialed in, and we'll be speaking to you shortly, no doubt. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.